So hi, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's a really beautiful, sunny, yet very snowy morning here in Boston. Um, and I thought today would be a nice time to make my third podcast. I'm trying to make these more focused, trying to get more topic-oriented. And I thought that I would talk a little bit about um, those who are beginning the spiritual path today. So I just got off the phone with a friend, and um, yeah, just this thought came up to to start sharing a little bit more, because I, I look around and I see a lot of people there. They're starting to awaken, so to say. They're starting to to come into their own power, to realize that, that they've kind of been a bit... Um, yeah, lost or, or misguided in a system that, that wasn't necessarily, um, you know, in line with their own true hearts, with their own true wishes and intentions, um, that didn't necessarily have their best interests in mind. And, um, and a lot of people are simply starting to look around and starting to think for themselves and, and connect back into themselves and, and ask, you know, what do I really want? What is this life really about? What am I doing here? Um, can this be it? And I definitely see people coming from a couple different angles into this. Some people, um, unfortunately, really seem to first have some kind of a, a big breakdown, right? So whether you see people that have had to turn to drugs and alcohol, whether you see people that are, um, you know, in the business world, but they're getting really burnt out or they're getting sick. Um, so there's a lot of people that they're kind of hitting, hitting a wall in one way or another. And they say, okay, it does, this doesn't work. I can't go any farther in this direction. Something's wrong that they've been pushing themselves. Um, I think I heard once the expression, it's like climbing up a ladder only to realize you've gone up the wrong wall. And, um, and they've really gotten to this place where they realize this, this doesn't work. I can't go any farther. Uh, I'm sick. I'm unhappy. I'm, um, under pressure. There has to be another way. So, um, so you get a lot of people that from this place, then they start to turn inwards and look and ask what, what is it that I want? Where am I going? You know, what can I do? Um, I've also come across a lot of other people who come into this place from making a, a deep spiritual experience that then they try to reframe. So whether that's something that happened to them either in their childhood or while they're in nature or through through a conversation or a book or art or sometimes either through a hallucinogenic substance that has changed their, their perception to really make them question, oh, what, what is actually real? Um, that there's a lot of people that have just had an actual experience of something else, something deeper. And, um, and that kind of slowly has almost created a, created a crack in something, created a rift that slowly starts to open and expand and they want to go in and explore more what's in there. Um, and so I guess these would be people that almost pursue it just more out of a sheer interest than out of maybe a, a necessity in terms of, um, you know, having no other way out. Um, and I know there's also other ways in. These are just the first two that come to my mind. But, um, but anyway, so there's a lot of people that are, are getting to these places where they're starting to really feel that there's more, that they want their life to look differently. They want to they want to open up some new avenues and, and look into things differently. And, um, and for those people, I think often also the first thing they'll experience um, could be some kind of a sense of alienation or isolation just because the life surrounding them, the people surrounding them, the structures they're in, they really supported their old way of thinking, of being, of doing things. Um, and when you start to want to change, the first thing you come up against is, is that, is that, is that world that you've created for yourself, that, that energetic 
um, structure that you're in. I know for myself, when I first started meditating, I was in college and, um, and I'd meditate, you know, every Wednesday night for 15 minutes. That's how it all began for me. Kind of, um, you know, I would have friends calling me and saying, Hey Seth, we're going to the bar. Why don't you come? And I would say to them, Oh, you know, well, I, you know, tonight's my meditation night. I can't. And they'd kind of laugh and be like, yeah, okay, come on. So what? We'll see you in a couple minutes. And I'd say, you know, no, really, I'm, I'm actually going to meditate. Um, I'm going to stay home. And I saw that, you know, when I first started kind of pursuing things more spiritually, I was met with almost a social resistance because the people that I had surrounded myself with were people that shared my same values of that time, which were, you know, having fun and partying and, and drinking. And, and, um, and so when I first started to try to change my ways, what I'd come up against, right, was that, was that kind of social resistance, those people that were around me. You know, and I was just reflecting that now um, in my life more than ever since, again, I've been, I've been doing this for many years. I've been following my heart, um, you know, pursuing the life that's meaningful to me. I see now that I've actually surrounded myself with people that are now supportive to me, people that really, um, that I can actually listen to, I can talk to and I can get advice from and I can trust that advice because I know they share similar values, that they have good insights, that, that they're more clear about themselves and they have my best interests in mind. Um, that I feel that actually at the very beginning of this path, when I would try to get advice, it was often very difficult because the advice I would get would almost be trying to keep me in the same place that I already was versus now when I, when I reach out, I feel that people are really supporting me to, to follow my heart, whatever that means, wherever that would take me. So, um, so the social resistance is something that you might come up with. And, um, something else that a lot of people face is simply the question of, well, how, how do I learn more? What's the next step? Um, and this could then be something like going to more yoga classes or meditation courses, whether it's about reading new books, um, joining new meetup groups, watching, you know, spiritual movies or documentaries, um, just starting to, to look around and to get information. I think that this is a really fun and exciting time. It's a lot of exploring. There's a lot of creativity in that phase. You're kind of birthing this new thing. Um, and also there's a lot of junk going around. So I also know when I started, um, I didn't really know how to separate the wheat from the chaff. So I just took it all in. And, um, and you know, I definitely went down a lot of roads that didn't really lead the direction that I wanted. And I believed in a lot of tenants that eventually I looked back on and I thought, oh, that's actually ridiculous. And, you know, how could I ever have thought that? But, but I really just took in all the information that I, that I was receiving at, at the beginning. And I think that's also kind of natural. Again, you don't really know how to separate, how to separate what's kind of the real good information, so to say, from, yeah, just kind of the spiritual fluff, which is around there too. Um, my piece of advice would be to, to kind of go in, in this way, I would say maybe going slowly in terms of, you know, you don't have to change overnight you really can start slowly taking pieces that do make sense to you, start taking things that do resonate with you. And if there's something that doesn't really feel right or doesn't resonate, then really trust that, then leave that to the side. If it is, you know, so to say the truth or if it is a way forward, it'll come back to you in a way that makes sense. It'll eventually become clear that this is a door you have to go through. But definitely if something really feels at odds with your understanding or your way of doing things, and if it doesn't feel right especially, um, then lay it to the side. And, um, and eventually that'll all make sense. Like you'll start to, through experience, um, know how to sort through things. So, 
you know, it's really a learning by doing process in that sense. So you really have to, you'll get out there and you'll do stuff and you'll read stuff and you'll talk to people and, and eventually it'll all start to come together. Um, ultimately your own experience will be your guide more than the things people say, more than the books you read. Um, I really, you know, um, I've seen for myself that, that what I've experienced has really informed my understanding more than any information that I've gotten from anybody else. Um, if anything, the information that I get from other people has maybe helped me r refine or conceptualize or put into words what it is that I'm experiencing. Um, but any time that I've tried to completely jump out of my experience and take on a different point of view or another perception or perspective without first having really experienced it or embodied it, um, that was always a dead end. I was kind of crashed because ultimately it, it wasn't really uh, resonating with my own with my own real experience of things, right? So it's important to start from the ground up, from from experience outwards. I would say. Um, so another thing a lot of people get uh, get confronted with is their jobs, their careers. So I see a lot of people um, who are on this path of awakening. They're starting to um, yeah really see that they're not happy in their careers. They want to create a new career following their own spiritual principles. Um, and I see this is really awesome. This is beautiful. And I see it's difficult because, again, we do live in a, a society where money matters and you have to support yourself and you have to eat. And, um, and it's really scary to make that leap from, from you know, the corporate world or, or doing something that, that you know, um, financially makes sense but for you feels soulless. It doesn't feel like it really connects to, to your heart, to what you want to be doing, to your purpose. And um, so I see a lot of people that have recently transitioned out of that or are transitioning out of that. And um, I would also say for this, this is great. Again, follow your heart. And even again, I would say take it slow. So in terms of, you know, start to look around and see, you know, what else could I do? What's interesting for me? And often you're not going to know right away. So you're going to have to maybe, um, right, go and, and take a yoga teacher training or go take a, a Reiki empowerment or go visit your local Buddhist center, really go out there and feel the different things and, and talk to people and see what is it that you can do? How do you want to embody spirituality? Um, and it could be something also much more grounded. So for you to follow your heart, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, do something that feels uh, or that looks spiritual on the outside. Um, maybe you'll go and you'll help children. Maybe you'll be a teacher of some sort. Maybe you'll, you'll do something in nature. Maybe you'll do artwork. Maybe it'll be something completely different that, you know, is still a, a quote unquote normal seeming looking job, but you'll be filling it with, with something else, with your essence. It'll, it'll take on another life. So also know that you don't have to look for something that looks a specific way. It, it can be anything. Um, again, when I was in the monastery, one of the most, um, you know, I would say inspiring moments is I once saw a, a Tibetan monk mopping a floor and there was something about the way that he was mopping that it was just so simple and so easy and content. And I felt that he was just so present and, and there that it really touched my heart deeply. And, uh, and the fact that, you know, just, just by mopping a floor, just by doing a really simple act, something that, um, you know, uh, I think the, the concept of, of spirituality doesn't really, you know, when you think of spiritual, you think of somebody meditating up on a mountain, right. Or, uh, or, you know, creating, you know, a big crystal mandala or doing something like this. You don't think of somebody mopping, just doing housework. 
but you can do housework and you could fill it with that same sense of, of purpose and peace and spirituality. So, so also know that it, the form it takes can kind of be anything and, it, and that's open. Um, but really you have to expose yourself to new things. You have to try some new things out. And also I would, um, I kind of see a lot of people that they try to make that switch too fast in terms of there's a lot of people that realize, oh, you know, I don't want to work in, in the corporate world or I don't want to work a job that I don't like or do something with my life that doesn't make sense or be in a relationship that doesn't serve me. Um, and a lot of these people, right, they'll quit their jobs or they'll, oh, they'll move to a new place or they'll end relationships. And then um, right away, they'll, they'll try to put themselves in a position to be a kind of spiritual teacher or a guide or a coach um, that right away they'll say, well, I want to help other people. So now I'm going to create this thing that helps other people. But maybe they haven't gotten any training in that themselves. Maybe they don't really even know what it means to help other people because they haven't really helped themselves. They've only taken the first step, but they somehow think that's already the end of the road. Like, oh, I've made this huge change. Now I can tell the people how to do that. But it's not really that simple. You can't necessarily just turn around and now, because then what are you going to do? Pull more people out of the corporate world and then what do they do? Then they also pull people, you know, it's, th that's kind of a, an, an empty cycle a little bit. So it's also important that you really make sure that you take time to do your own spiritual work, to really take some time to find out who you really are, what you really want, what really matters, how you really feel you want to serve the world and then really do some do some training, get some experience. Um, you know, I was in this monastery for eight years as a monk, and coming back, and I talk about that, and some people say, "Oh, it's funny. It's almost like you've gotten your PhD um, in the monastery, right?" So instead of going to university for an extended period of time, um, I went into a monastery and got a, a practical training in something. Um, so I'd really encourage people to to as you're making that shift and, and starting something new to really also get training, to really make sure that you're learning and um, and you're going to have to probably invest money in that and maybe you're going to have to travel to another country or to other places. But to really um, to really not right away try to jump um, into how do I make money and, and doing that um, without really knowing that you have a product that can really serve other people and on top of that, a product that you've also embodied, I think, especially as a spiritual worker, you have to really have it, you know, you have to be able to embody what it is that you teach others. You don't, you don't want to say one thing, but do another thing. You really want to be in your integrity fully. Um, integrity, meaning like how you feel, what you believe, what you say and what you do are all in one line, um, you know, versus telling somebody else to do one thing, but you yourself, you're actually not there. So it's really important to go through some of your own work. Um, and also while we're on the topic of going through your own work, it's also really important that we start to learn um, to deal with what a lot of people call our shadow side or our shadow energy. Um, and what I simply mean by this is that a lot of us have a lot of tendencies in us, habitual things that are maybe destructive, that are maybe not helpful, that maybe come from a place of defensiveness or fear or, or a belief that, right, maybe you're not good enough or you're helpless or, um, you know, worthless or whatever, you know, kind of um, what I would say is a, a limiting or destructive belief or a habit that, that you have. Um, this is like a slow refining process. So me personally, um, again, I've been on what I would call the spiritual path for, you know, 
maybe 20 years, so more than half my life. Um, and still, of course, I mean, and I say, of course, like, and I still, of course, I come up with things that I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's still something that I haven't really gone through. Oh, wow, that's still something that I need to work on. Um, you know, oh, sometimes I really need to, to feel vulnerable and to let these feelings of, of helplessness, of worthlessness, of lostness, of unsureness rise to the surface and to experience those. And, and to think that, you know, you've got, you've got it all together. Um, that's going to be a mistake for most of this path because ultimately we're all still kind of learning and growing and transforming. And, um, and the more you transform, the more you can also, you know, help other people on that path. But you have to go through a lot of your own, you know, stuff, your own baggage, um, you know, pretty, pretty soon after you get onto this path, at first it's all like, wow, this is beautiful and expansive and it's empowering and I can really live the life that I want. And very quickly, you'll probably come up against the wall to see, of, of all of your fears and your limitations and, and the things that hold you back. And I would say that a lot of the spiritual path, it's kind of the play between, between moving forward, growing, connecting outwards, moving the direction you want, and simultaneously working through all the things in yourself that are preventing that, that are holding you back, that are, that are not allowing you to kind of fully move into your power. Um, if you think about it like a, a cup, you want to fill this cup up with drinking water, but it's, it's old, it's been on the shelf, it's kind of moldy, right? So you need to kind of clean it out before you can fill it up with water. You have to clean out the vessel before it has space to really be filled with something that's, that's usable. Um, and I think that this is a, a really important part of the path that when I look around at spiritual teachers, um, you know, and of course it's always easier to see things in other people than in ourselves, but I wouldn't say that I've ever seen anybody that I would call like a perfect person, right? I would say that everyone still has stuff to work on. And, um, and I think that's normal. I think that's called being a human, right? We have humanity. So we're all still learning. We're figuring it out together. We're moving forward together, but we are still humans. And, and to be a human is also often to live in paradox, right? To, to really want to love people and to be there for people. But every now and then you get really cranky or upset and you kind of push somebody away. You say something you shouldn't, or you, you shut down and, and, you know, because you're human, you have like a limited amount of energy, you have a limited amount of of space and an emotional availability. And sometimes you'll do things that, that doesn't necessarily follow along with, with your kind of higher principles. Um, but that happens because we're humans. So, um, so it's really important to start looking at your humanity, right? To start connecting to the spirit, to the spiritual world, right? This deeper calling, this thing that feels like it's bigger than your life. And also to really be focusing on your life at the same time. Um, there was a point in the monastery where I did a three-month prostration retreat. So prostrations are these bows where you lay all the way down on the ground and you stand up. And I did 10,000 of these over three months. So I did this kind of silent retreat and I was on a wooden board and I was doing these these bows, these prostrations, laying down, standing up, laying down, standing up. Um, and for the first month of that, um, being in my room, being alone, not talking to anybody, just doing these prostrations, for the first month of that, I cried every single day. Um, every single day, I would be doing prostrations. And when I had nothing to distract me, right, I had no computer, no TV, nothing, just me in my room on this board. Um, all of the stuff that I hadn't dealt with in my past started coming up. A lot of stuff from my childhood, from my time at school, and even stuff from the monastery itself, and even just even the past couple days, um, that I really saw how much... I was carrying how much I hadn't really dealt with, how much I hadn't worked through. 
and how much I was still continuing um, to create in my life. And when I say that, I mean, for instance, um, you know, people that have trouble setting boundaries. Like I saw, I had a pr- trouble saying no for a while. That um, if somebody asked me to do something that I didn't want to do, if I said no, I would feel guilty. But if I said yes, I would feel angry. And I was always in this weird place where I would say no, but I would feel guilty or I'd say yes. So I, I never could really find peace with it. And uh, I had to learn that saying no, it's it's okay. And furthermore, I would reflect that every time I said yes, although I wanted to say no, I carried that around as a kind of anger towards myself, actually. And um, and so a big part of that was really like having to let that stuff go, forgive myself. But forgiveness was only possible when I was clear about what I was doing. And I also really made the commitment to myself that I'm not going to do that anymore. And only when I said, Seth, it's okay, I, I will change my ways. I see it now. Uh, I'm sorry that happened from now on. I will say no when I mean no. And if somebody makes me feel guilty, if someone tries to bring guilt energy, I'll be able to say to them, no, I'm allowed to say no. I don't want to do any, you know, this is yours, not mine. And just to set a boundary, um, saying yes to yourself sometimes means saying no to somebody else, right? So sometimes setting a boundary is actually a yes to yourself. Um, so doing doing this, I started seeing um, that all of this anger that I carried inside towards myself for not saying no was coming out. And eventually I had to really process that stuff. I had to cry it out. I had to really look at it. And then I had to really make the intention and to, to make the commitment not to do that anymore. And only when I did that, then I, then I was able to feel safe. Then I felt that I was safe again because I knew that I could set a boundary. And this was really the healing process for that, right? And after making, going through that process, then I could look around and I could see other people who have trouble with that. And I could then guide them through the process that I just went through, right? So the farther we go down the path, the more processes we go through, the more different, um, you know, realizations and transformations we make, the more then we can turn around and you can take people on that step that you've just made, right? So this is that really nice part of it is that, that the farther you go, the farther you can also bring other people, right? So those two things do work together. And like I was saying earlier, right, if you just quit your job and you jump out of that and you're like, wow, I got out of that, you can help other people quit their job and, you know, leave that world. But until you've really started um, a new career for yourself, it's going to be hard to help those people start careers for themselves because you haven't embodied that step yet, right? So it's really important to remember that um, if you want to become a spiritual teacher, a helper, a guide, a coach, all these things, you want to embody um, what it is that you're also giving other people first. I think that's a really important thing. Um, So I would say then, slowly as you're kind of going through this process and um and again i'm trying to kind of bridge the two worlds together in a very practical way um it'll start to become more refined i think that there's a lot in this that's that's learning by doing i can say even if you know i look at myself like right now i'm sitting here speaking to my laptop making this podcast this isn't something that even three weeks ago i thought i would be doing um but i just kind of started and i'm feeling it out and i'm seeing where it goes And um, whether it gets really big and it's this thing that goes out there and I start making money from it and all this, or whether I just every now and then make a little thing and I share it with people because I think there's information and that's that, I don't know yet. And I think it's really important to keep things like that open, to um, to not try to force something into a box or try to get something out of the work that you're doing right away, but really first just to kind of create and to do and to move forward and to feel things out and see where they go and and also to let things have a life of their own. 
Um, and this is also why I would maybe tell people originally like to be a little bit hesitant about trying to jump right into doing spiritual work as your career, because often that really makes the spiritual work um, heavier. It makes it a little bit more stressed. It makes it more taxing. And sometimes it even smothers the very flame that inspired the work to begin with. Because suddenly, instead of this work being about giving and sharing and helping and supporting, it's about trying to get something, trying to have something. And that becomes tight again. And you're kind of back in the same dynamic you were, even though you're not, you know, working in a corporate office and now you're uh, doing something spiritual you'll still suck the energy out of it and out of yourself the same way. And ultimately that's the point that I want to make is that you yourself will again become unhappy. You'll again hit a dead end where again, you feel exhausted. You feel frustrated. You feel like this isn't it. Um, so uh, my Reiki teacher, he once told me, he said, you know, for instance, take Jesus. He said, you know, Jesus was a carpenter and a healer. And he said, right. So he had like a normal practical trade craft profession, something he could do. And then on the side, he could do his spiritual work and he wasn't like relying on his spiritual work. He had this other craft that he was doing. And I think that's like a really cool way to think about it, um, to have, you know, some kind of normal work that you feel good about, you feel happy about, but then also to let your spiritual life grow and then let that transition kind of slowly start to happen. Again, I'm, I'm very lucky. I think I was in a very unique position because I just left college. And from that point, I went right into the monastery. So I didn't actually have any debts. I didn't really have any responsibilities. I didn't have anything here that was holding me back. So I could really fully jump into something like that and do it um, for a long period of time. I think the average person, you know, whatever in America, doesn't necessarily have that option or that opportunity to leave everything behind. I think most of us are looking for something that looks more like uh, a shift, that we can almost stay more or less in the place we're in and somehow shift the situation, shift what's going on. Um, so I would mostly say to, to spend more time listening, um, than talking, spend more time feeling than thinking and spend more time doing than planning. So really at the beginning, especially, uh, just try things out, feel things out, see what makes sense, see what resonates and kind of just slowly step-by-step step, move in the direction that, that feels right for you, that feels good and see, see what it can become. Um, feel free to have many different things open at once, right? Um, so I teach meditation in schools to kids. I lead retreats for teachers. I give healings. I'm now doing whatever this is going to be, podcasting. Um, opening doors as they come and just seeing where they go, if they go anywhere. And if not, okay, but that still had to express itself. It had to try it out. So really don't be afraid of failure or something not working out because um, ultimately it's not about that. It's really about just letting things express and then see what takes root, what takes hold. And ultimately knowing that spiritual work has to be grounded in other people and in, in serving, right? That spiritual work only really makes sense when you're serving the community. So also taking your gifts, your passions, your interests, but also then looking and see what is the need? What do people need? How can I take this thing that I have and how can I really benefit other people with that? What is the need? And sometimes you won't even know that need until you've put it out there, um, right? When I started doing meditation work here in this country, you know, I came back from the monastery and I kind of put it out and I said, who needs this? And right away, it was the schools that asked me to come and help them. Uh, it wasn't the hospitals, wasn't the businesses. It was the schools, and that's just kind of where I got taken. So sometimes it's also about just putting it out there, asking around, making a post on Facebook, who knows, and then really just kind of like let information come in and let things pull you and, and follow different paths and see where it goes and, and really let it be an adventure. 
Um, so try not to pigeonhole it. Try not to, to define it while it's still in the creation process. And really give it time to, to birth. And maybe that takes years. And that's okay. Because it's organic and it's going to take the shape and the path that it needs to. So there's also that element of patience. There's that element of trust. There's that element of, of believing in terms of really believe that if you just keep making the next step, right? So I, um, I spoke to a professor at MIT and he said, you know, every day just make one concrete step forward. And if you just make one step forward, then when you look back, you realize that you've walked a thousand miles. And, um, and that's really all it's about is just slowly moving in the direction that you need to for yourself. Um, be confident in terms of you know that you're doing something to try to really be happy, to try to live your purpose, to try to live your life in a way that, that's more meaningful to you. Um, and I think that's really it. And then the results will come, right? So you can water the plant, give it sunlight, give it soil, and the plant will grow the shape that it needs to. That's not your concern. Just feed it the conditions and the rest will happen. So I hope that was helpful. Some points in there. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening. Visit me at sethmonk.org.